grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with us all. Amen. From the Gospel for this first Sunday after the Epiphany, St. Luke chapter 2, verses 41 and 42. Now Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. In one of her wonderful poems, the 19th century English poet Christina Rossetti speaks of our Savior having come into this world in the bleak midwinter. Perhaps you know the poem. In the bleak midwinter, frosty wind made moan, earth stood hard as iron, water like a stone. Snow had fallen, snow on snow, in the bleak midwinter, long, long ago. Now, of course, we don't know when Christ was born. But from ancient times, Christians have celebrated his coming into this world in the winter. And it's altogether fitting because the world into which the Savior was born is, to use the language of poetry, wintry. Wintry, cold and bleak in so many ways. And the Savior comes into this world as a ray of heavenly light sent by God to dispel its bleakness and to warm our cold and wintry hearts. We've just celebrated the feast of the Epiphany of our Lord. We remember how the wondrous star led the wise men to the Christ child, who is himself the Epiphany, the appearing, the revelation, the shining forth of the love and mercy of our Maker, and so cause for joy in this wintry world, in this broken world, in which every human being is born with that wound that we call original sin. As someone has said, we are born out of sympathy with God. Or as C.S. Lewis puts it, fallen man is not simply an imperfect creature who needs improvement, he is a rebel who must lay down his arms. Our first parents wanted to be like God. And it is this wanting to be our own God, ourselves the arbiter of good and evil, this wanting to have some little corner to call my own with no interference from my maker. This is the wound, this is the original sin, 
which overflows in all those sins which down through all the ages have made this world such a bleak and wintry place. We simply cannot save ourselves. We need a savior. And the good news in this, as in every Sunday's gospel reading, is that we have a savior. In the gospel read on this first Sunday after the epiphany, we see the 12-year-old Jesus go to Jerusalem with his parents to keep the feast of the Passover. And when they've kept his feast, his parents, assuming that their son is with their relatives and friends returning from the feast, then discover that he isn't with them. They then return to Jerusalem, anxiously seeking him. After three days, they find him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. What do you suppose they were talking about? <coughs> well, since this was the feast of the Passover, they almost certainly were talking about the Israelites' deliverance from bondage in Egypt when the Passover lambs were killed and their blood splashed on the doors of their homes so that the angel of death would pass over them. But little did the teachers in the temple realize that this 12-year-old boy sitting among them, listening to them and asking them questions was himself the true Passover lamb who by his blood would deliver not just one people from bondage in Egypt, but the whole world from the bondage of sin and death. There come to mind some words of a Christmas hymn. See amid the winter's snow, born for us on earth below. See the gentle lamb appears, promised for eternal years. See, the gentle Lamb appears. His glory is God from everlasting, hidden in the twelve-year-old boy in the temple. When I see the holy child Jesus in the temple, then going down to Nazareth, and there living in humble submission to his mother and foster father, and then look at myself, there come to mind some words of the 25th Psalm. Remember not the sins of my youth nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Remember not the sins of my youth all the ways in which I was ungrateful to my parents and teachers and pastors and others who were so generous <coughs> in helping and encouraging me in so many ways. But I also remember how when I once confessed such sins, the pastor who heard my confession 
pointed me to the sinless holy child whose perfect obedience and perfect humility were offered up for us all. For our Lord has saved us not only by what he suffered, but also by what he did for us. Not only by his death, but by his life of perfect love. What we could not do, he has done for us as our substitute. He lived a life of perfect love so fulfilling all righteousness and he died loving to the end all that needed to be done to save us has been done and so though i may remember the sins of the past god remembers them no more because of all that the savior has done and suffered for me. And so as we hear the gospel read on this first Sunday of the new year, we see in the child in the temple one who is both our savior and also an example of holiness, of that life of genuine love to which we are all are called. When his parents found him in the temple, his mother said, Son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, Why? Are you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? St. Luke tells us that though his father, his foster father, and his mother did not understand his words, his mother Mary treasured up all these things in her heart. May we then, in this new year, follow her example and follow her Son, who is God's warmth and sun and joy in a bleak and wintry world. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus unto life everlasting. Amen. Amen.